Take your Bibles tonight and turn to the book of James. James chapter number 2. We're going to be continuing our series in the book of James. And tonight, instead of reading the first 13 verses, we're going to just read a text verse, actually two, verses number 8 and verse number 9. But we want to try to deal with the first 13 verses. We'll go as, as, as far as we can tonight. We want to read James chapter number 2, verse number 8 and verse number 9. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Now, verse number 9 will in and of itself be our text verse. So we want to read that again. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Now, if you read these first 13 verses, you will find the word respect in verse number 1, verse number 3, and then again in verse number 9. Now, this word respect is not as we would show respect to one another in in honor or in reverence to one another, in other words, in honoring our elders, showing respect to our elders, but rather this is showing preferential treatment, if you will. And so with that thought in mind, I want to preach out of this verse and this passage on this thought, the sin of distinction. So what these people are doing is they are making a distinction by showing respect. And James, here in chapter number 2, he immediately moves from chapter number 1 to chapter number 2 into a new subject. Although his focus still is on our growing faith, he gives here a common scene amongst the the believers, and they are gathering together. Most of the believers are poor, but in walks a rich man, if you will. And as soon as this rich man walks in, the people begin to fall all over themselves to cater to this particular man. And James immediately, blatantly, he condemns this as sin. My question tonight, and and what we'll deal with, is why. Why is this a sin? As it says in our text verse, if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin. So we deal with the thought, the sin of distinction. But why is it a sin? Well, first of all, tonight, I want us to notice the claim of their actions. Let's notice the claim of their actions. There has been a distinction made on behalf of Christ. They are claiming that this rich person deserved preferential treatment. It could be that that they thought that this rich man or this rich individual could offer more. And so as a result of that line of thinking, they acknowledged them openly in the presence of the believers. 
They gave them a better seat. They catered to their needs. They sought their opinions more than the opinions of the fellow believers or their fellow uh, paupers, for lack of a better word. And so, as such, this preferential treatment, this partial treatment, this respect to this rich man, uh, it affected everyone else. William Barclay said, the church was predominantly poor. Therefore, if a rich man was converted, there must have been a very real temptation to make a fuss and treat him as a trophy for Christ. Now, if... If it is true, and I believe it was, according to James and according to the writings of Paul and others, that most of the believers were poor, there were an occasional uh, rich individual or a family that had riches and, and they could, uh, they could help here and there. That's wonderful. That's great. But, but they, they assimilated into the body of believers um with with no sense of um with no sense of um what is the word uh, there was no pride in themselves they were just one of the brethren but the issue is not that the issue is when the the poor brethren made such a fuss over this individual that got saved and they should make a fuss over people that got saved, and we should make a fuss over people that get saved, but they treated them as a trophy of grace. They, tr- they treated this person, they, they, they treated them as, look what I have done. I've won him to Christ. Now he's a part of our body. You lost out. And they possibly even paraded this individual. And the the issue at hand, the reason that it was a sin, is because they claimed to do this in the name of faith, in the name of Christ. And James said that this is a sin. Number two, I want us to notice the contempt of their actions. Now I'm trying to hurry on and, and I'm trying to, we're not reading individual verses tonight, but I'm trying to make a point. We'll go as far as we can this evening, but I want us to notice number two, the contempt of their actions. And this will be from verse number five down to verse number seven. In no uncertain terms, James indicts them for their actions. Look at verse number 6. James says, but ye have despised the poor. He warned them in verse number 9. He says, if you have respect to persons, ye commit sin. Now, we'll, we'll go back to verse number 5 here in just a moment. But one ancient writer, his name was Ben Sirach, I believe is how you pronounce that. He said, it is not meet to despise the poor that hath understanding. Neither is it fit to magnify a sinful man that is rich. But it, James says, you have despised the poor. Now, the reason that this is such an issue is because the, the individuals here at the church, they had a choice to make. They had a choice to choose who God chose, 
or a choice to choose who they decided. William Barclay said the church was the only place in the ancient world where social distinctions did not exist. He went on to describe the fact that it is entirely possible that when a young church gathered that a master of slaves may go into this gathering of believers and be sitting and worshiping next to his slave. Another instance, this same master may go into a a gathering of saints and the meeting be led by his slave. And so there was no distinction of classes, if you will. William Barclay said there can be no distinction of merit when men meet in the presence of God. If if you leave this message tonight with nothing else, know that rich or poor, know that low stand low standing stature or or high, know that it, it's all on even even ground when it comes to God. Isaiah said that our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. The best that we can offer is as filthy rags. So I want us to see under their uh, their contempt, I want us to notice this. James gave them a reminder of God's choosing. He says in verse number 5, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? So we know this, that that God chose the poor of the world. He chose the poor that were rich in faith, those that were heirs of the promised kingdom. But we also look at other scriptures that would back this up. We see that in Luke chapter 4, Verse number 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, he's quoting from Isaiah 61. Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The poor, the brokenhearted, the captives, the blind, the bruised, all of those are who is in this, this body of believers. These that are scattered abroad that James is writing to. These are the poor, the brokenhearted, the bruised, the, the blind, the captives. That's who he's talking to. And James is reminding them that God chose, God chose the poor of the world. Matthew 11, verse number 4 down through verse number 6. John the Baptist, the very John the Baptist that said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. The same John the Baptist that baptized Jesus Christ and saw the dove come out of heaven and light upon the shoulder of Christ. The same John the Baptist that heard the voice out of heaven say, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He sent messengers to Jesus in Matthew 11 and said, Art thou the Christ or the Messiah? Or should we look for another? 
And Jesus answered him in verse number four and said, go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. Listen to what he said in verse number five. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, but listen, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. Listen, it, the blind, the lame, the lepers, the, de- the deaf, and the dead, but my soul The poor have the gospel preached to them. God chose the poor. Do you hear me this evening? God chose the poor. What about Matthew 22? Matthew 22, verse number 16, Jesus is surrounded by these religious leaders as well as some secular leaders. And they, verse 16, and they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. But listen to this. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Jesus himself had a reputation for not regarding men, whether they were disciple or Pharisee, whether they were a harlot or a tax collector. He did not care. He loved people. He loved sinner and saint alike, and he wanted all to come to him. Whether it was the children that he said, suffer the little children, come unto me. Or whether it was those that were heavy laden. And he said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden. Whether it was the thief on the cross. And he says, listen, just just believe in me. And when he did, he said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. What about First Samuel chapter 16, verse number 7? This is an example of God, of Jehovah. But the Lord said, that's Jehovah, said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. This is an example of God's choosing. Notice that when Jesus saw that widow casting in her two mites, He didn't see her casting in just two pennies. He saw her casting in great riches. When Jesus saw Peter, he did not see him as a boisterous denier, but as a rock that would lead his church one day. Jesus didn't see Matthew as a cheater in a tax collector, but as one that would write the story of his birth, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. But then we also have to see a reminder of the people's choosing. You see, we look at verse number six. It says, but ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do they, do not they blaspheme the worthy name by which ye are called? So we see God's choosing, but now they are a choosing oppressing men. They are choosing men that would drag them to the judges. Barclay said, if a creditor met a debtor on the street, according to their society, 
he could seize him by the neck of his robe, nearly throttling him, and literally drag him to the law courts. Why would he do this? But Well, one, because he had no sympathy, but two, because he wanted to get more. He wanted to get more money. This this man on the street, this this debtor, he owed him. And so he would do whatever it took to get what was owed. This rich man, this this man that they choose chose. Not only that, but they chose men that blasphemed the worthy name by which they were called. Now, there's been some discussion. Was this the name Christian or was this the name Christ? Well, can, can I just say that I personally believe that, that it really doesn't matter. Because whether it was Christ or Christian, Christ is the root of Christian. We see in Acts 11 verse 26 that the the term Christian was given there in Antioch and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch in Acts 11:26 so this was a term relatively new in this day as as we know that James was was written maybe less than 20 years after the happenings there in Acts 11 and so as a result of that people were still learning and they were still understanding what it meant to be a Christian but they were still unsure of how a Christian should act and people were mocking people were were in this case they were blaspheming the name Christian or the name of Christ it was a term in direct reflection of Christ and many of these rich men that that is speaking of Many of these rich men were Pharisees or Sadducees or some other religious men. Some possibly were the very men that put Christ to death. Some may have been in the crowd that said, crucify him. Mind you, as we think about this, that James is not condemning the riches, but the actions of these rich men. That's very important to understand as we study through this this book of James, but specifically this chapter. In chapter number 1, we dealt with the poor and the rich in verse number uh, 9, verse number 10, and verse number 11, but in verse number 12. But here, he's condemning some things. He's condemning the actions and and here in just a little while and, and we're fixing to stop we're not going to go any further tonight we'll pick up next week or or maybe in a week or so because i've got some meetings coming up but we need to understand that the words that were said in verse number three are going to be judged and the words that we say will be judged and the words that these rich men the the actions that these rich men did and the words that they said are judged and will be judged. So as we as we close tonight, we do need to to understand that it wasn't the riches that James was condemning, it was the conduct of those with riches that James was condemning. He was condemning the fact that they wanted more and they were getting more with no regard of others. Now in case you're listening to this, or, and, and I can look on your faces uh, that are here tonight, and I could see a huge question mark. Because 
it's it's almost as if we're saying, well, we need to we need to pick and choose who we're we're going to to be with. We need to pick and choose who we want to fellowship with, and we need to pick sides. But yet James is is telling us that we don't need to show preferential treatment. So so should we show preferential treatment or not? And William Barclay warned with this statement, we must be aware of inverted snobbery. And, and, and in this, this is how I would answer this. Again, it's not the riches and it's not even the rich men that are the issue. It's their actions. And so we understand through history and through reading that there are men and there are women that have been a part of the church from early on and even today that have riches that fit perfectly into the church. They don't expect special treatment. They don't, they don't, they don't run all over people. Sometimes this does happen. And they have a complex and they want everyone to fall over and those people are wrong. So the issue that, that Barclay warns against this inverted snobbery, he says, be careful when, when you, when you shun the poor for the rich. If you stop shunning the poor and start shunning the rich for the poor. We should not show any preferential treatment. We should show any reverence, any um, respect to God and let him in turn show us our true brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, as we go a little bit further, we'll deal with the next two points of this particular message the correction of their actions and then the caution of their actions. But we're going to stop here tonight. I ask you please to go praying this evening and you come pe- you come back praying. Uh, we may finish this Sunday night. We may finish this maybe in a Wednesday night or two once we get kind of back in the saddle. But I encourage you to go praying tonight and you come back praying at our next appointed time. God bless you this evening.